Good morning again. How is everybody? You know, a couple of things before we get started. Uh, this coming week, we're going to have not one but two special offerings. The, the special offering uh, next week is going to be, uh, we want to take one for uh, these Christmas boxes so we can send them off. And it's roughly $9 per box. So whatever we can uh, do to help, I think that would be a great opportunity. So keep that in mind. Next week we'll receive our regular tithes and offering, and then we'll have a special offering. The other thing that, that I want to talk to you about this morning is uh, Pine Castle Christian, which is a school that we have partnered with, and, and many of you have cards from the teachers that, uh, and that you're sending cards and letters and, and blessing them and praying for them. They're having a book fair this week. And they have a wish list of books that they would like to have for their classes. So if you would like to contribute to that, if you'd like to uh, be able to give, maybe you can't go out and buy the book, but you'd like to put a little money toward uh, these teachers being able to get the books they need to teach effectively, you can see Julie Raquel. She will be able to take that money. She could take that for today and then and, uh, just give it to them, and they can go out and buy, uh, purchase the books. Or if you have the card for one of the teachers, you can find out which books they want, and you could actually go out and purchase them yourself as well. So talk to Julie Raquel. She's right back there, and, uh, and then, then she'll take care of it. All right? All right. Well, I'm glad everybody is here. I'm glad to see uh, uh, Reverend Burt back with his uh, young daughter next to him. And uh, I'm glad they're home. I'm glad you guys are home. All right, we're, we're in the 11th week of our four-week four series on Christ our, our coming King. We have talked about Christ our Savior and Sanctifier and Healer, and now we're on, on coming King. And it's, it's everything that we do is pinned on Christ our coming King. I mentioned last week that what, where Paul said if we have hope of Christ in this world only, we're, we're to be pitied among all people. Even though I, I love serving Christ and I love what, what we serve and how we serve, our hope, our desire, our goal, our aim, our ambition, our passion is to one day hear that trumpet sound. And, and by the way, we just sang that song, you know, what a beautiful name. What a wonderful name. I started thinking, well, the Scripture says that all the heavens and the earth, the family of God is named after Christ. So I wonder when the Lord comes back and He descends from heaven with a shout, I wonder if He's just going to shout His name, which is your name. So I started thinking, man, He's going to have to talk really fast to call everybody's name. So maybe, maybe he's just going to call us by the name of Jesus. And, and when you are a follower of Christ, when you have been named as a passionate follower of Christ, as a son and daughter of God, that your, your name is also Jesus. You are also part of the family of God. What if he just calls his name and everybody that's a follower of Christ just rises from the grave? Or we transformed if we're alive and well. Man, that's going to be an amazing time. You say, well, how do you know it's going to happen? Well, it's in the Word of God. I trust the Word of God. I, I trust it. I, I believe everything from Genesis through the maps. I like it all. And so, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's just one of those amazing things that, that, you know, 
if you really read it, there's no contradictions. And, and, and the odds of, of the promises of, of the Bible coming true the way they have is, is astronomical. It's, it's incredible. If you just open the book and read the pages, it is life and light. But it, it's incredible. So all the things that have happened from the time that, that even when Adam and Eve fell and, 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 and God gave us a promise of a Redeemer and then Isaiah some 750 years prior to Christ even told us where he's going to be born and what he's going to It's just amazing. And then Christ came and fulfilled all the promises of, of the Scripture. And now we're at this point in time where the very next thing that is going to happen is the rapture of the church, the, the Christ coming back for his church. Scripture that was just read, he says, I want to show you a, a mystery. He said, we're not all going to sleep. Sleep is just another word for being dead. He said, no, we're not all going to be dead when Christ comes back. He said, but it's going to happen in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That's fast. That's fast. And the time it takes you to blink those that are dead in Christ are going to rise with him, and those that are alive and well are going to meet him in the air, or we're going to be transformed. I love what he talked about, that, that this perishable must put on imperishable. I love perishable. When you go to the store, if you go to a, like a, a fruit and vegetable, it, those are perishables. They have a shelf life. And what Paul is saying is, hey, if you're in this life, you have a shelf life. You're going to get it. You have a shelf life. You're perishable. But when he comes, you've got to catch this. We're going to be imperishable. That's right. I like that. This mortal, mortal is going to be immortal. I want you to catch that immortality will be yours. Then, then, Paul said, then you're going to be able to say, death, where is your sting? Then, at that point, you're going to look at death and say, you have no hold on me because I am now imperishable. Now I am immortal. Therefore, you cannot touch me. And it's because of what Christ has done for me. He has set me free. He has given me eternal life. On this side, we have hope, we have faith, we have confidence that that's going to happen. But when the trumpet sounds, when Christ our King comes back, then we're going to be on this side, and there's no more hope, and there's no more faith. It's going to be a reality. That's where we're going to be. So let me go through what's going to happen after the Lord comes back. And, and your theology may be a little different. That's uh, okay. Um, I like mine, and I'm speaking, so you get to hear mine. Isn't that great? I believe the Lord's going to come back prior to the Great Tribulation. Doesn't mean that, the Lord, that we're not going to have persecution. But there's a difference in being persecuted and the Great Tribulation. And the Great Tribulation is the wrath of God. Tribulation is trials that we experience through man. So 
I do believe that as the Lord's return gets closer and closer and closer, the church is going to get more and more and more involved in persecution. It's already been persecuted around the world. We are in a blessed time. But here's what I believe is going to happen right after the Lord comes back. We're going to be caught up in the air, and we're going to go to the marriage supper lamp. Anybody like marriages? Okay. Well, you are going to be the bride. He's the groom. We're going to have a marriage supper of the Lamb. This is what the Scripture says in Revelations 19.9. It says, Then the angel said unto me, he's talking about John is on the Isle of Patmos, and he said, Then the angel said unto me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Notice the exclamation point. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. Now, now, you have to catch this. It's not just the words of God. It's the true words of God. Now, you have to understand that every word that God says is true. But what his, his point is, hey, you really got to look at this. This is really going to happen. I'm not just talking. This is going to be reality. This is what's going to happen when he comes back and we are gone from mortal to immortal. We are going to have a party like you have never seen. We're going to be in heaven partying with Jesus. You've never thought about that, have you? After that, after that, when the church goes up, Scripture tells us that Satan is going to be cast down to the earth. This is what Revelation 12, 12 says. Rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens, rejoice, but terror will come on the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you in great anger, and he knows that he has little time. As the church goes up, the devil goes down. Right now, Ephesians 2 says he's the prince in the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. He still has access to the heavens. But when the church goes up, he comes down. He no longer has access to the heavens. He is focused and centered on the earth. And he knows that his time is now limited. If you think it's bad now, wait until then. Look what 2 Thessalonians, Paul saying, and you know what is holding him back, talking about the Antichrist and, 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 and the adversary and all the end times. He says, and he can be for he can be revealed only when his time comes. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly, and we can see it. And it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. Think about that. Who is the one that's holding it back? Is it not Christ? Is it not Christ's church? What does the scripture say in 1 John 4, 4? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Didn't Christ say upon this rock I will build my church and the very gates of hell shall not prevail against it? How could the adversary have complete control over the earth while the church of the living God is here? But can you imagine living in a society where the church is gone, where prayer is gone, where, where the presence of God, his, his body is now lifted up in the heavens, and Satan is on earth? Can you imagine the amazing torment and power of the, of the evil one that's going to be present? Make sure that you are Ready to go. Because right after that, right after we're in, we're in heaven, 
This has come to great tribulation, the time where the, the, the uh, Antichrist will step up and, and he'll proclaim himself as the world leader. And, and during this great tribulation, this time of, uh, of seven years, that, that there is going to be so much chaos. And the first half, the first three and a half years are not as bad as the last three and a half years. The first three and a half years, only one third of the world dies. Second half, the other, another third dies. A third of the sea is dead. Most of the waters around the world become bitter. There is a, uh, a comet or an atmosphere uh, or, or something that falls from the heavens and, and poisons the waters of the world. It, there's going to be most of the trees and the grass is going to be consumed. It's going to be a horrific time. There are going to be plagues where the Scripture says that people are going to cry for death and can't even find it. It is going to be a horrific time. It's the wrath of God. You don't want to be here through that. Can I, and I, can I share something with you? The church anymore, we, we always speak about the grace of God, and I love the grace of God. We're here by the grace of God. Every once in a while, it's really kind of good to realize that, that, that there is a heaven to gain, but there's also a hell to shun. And, and because we know Christ, and because we are serving Christ, and because we have a passion for His return, that, that we feel good, but I don't want to be relaxed in that. I want to be working the Father's business. I want to do what the Father wants me to do because I know that there's a world around us. I have family and friends that, that don't know Christ. I don't want to go through this, but I don't know anybody that I want to go through that either. So I would rather be a little foolish. I'd rather step out on a limb and say, do you know Jesus? And take the risk of them turning me away. Then letting them go because I'm afraid to share the gospel. That was not in there, but it's free. So, Great tribulation. This is the great part I like. So after the seven years or so, the Lord comes back. See, you notice in the rapture, he comes back for his church. This is the second, his second coming. This is, now he's coming back with his church. How many like to ride horses? Any equestrian people out here? If you don't, you better get used to it. Because you're coming back with the Lord. Did you know that? Oh, this is going to be fun. We're going to be riding white horses. This is fun. This is what the scripture says. Look, when the Lord, so, so here's the Lord. Here's the Lord. He comes back for his church. We have the wedding supper. Then the great tribulation happens. And then the Lord comes back right when it looks like everything is going to be completely destroyed by the Antichrist. And, and Israel looks like it's going to be destroyed. Then the Lord comes back. And this is what the scripture tells us about it. Revelation 19, he says, I saw heaven standing open, and there stood before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes were like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns, and he has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. What did John say? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He's talking about Jesus here. The armies of heaven. Now, who are the armies of heaven? I believe that's going to be us. And the armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen. Are you getting the picture? Here's Jesus, and he's got these eyes of fire, and he's shining bright, and he's riding this horse, and we're riding with him. And we're saying, let's go get him, Jesus. And out of his mouth comes a sharp sword which, which, to with which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with an iron scepter. His, he treads the winepress of the fury of his wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Man, you've got to catch this. You say, well, well, man, this sounds like a really good story. No, this is, I'm telling you what, what's going to happen. This is the future. This will happen. You can either agree with it or disagree with it, but, you know, I want to be on the right side of it. I want to be riding one of those horses. I'm not really an equestrian, but this day, on that day, just give me a fast one. I love the part that we're going to have a, a white robe. That a white robe represents purity, righteousness. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the righteous one, and we are going to be righteous with him. Wow. Oh, after that, go. Oh, I can't wait for this. Satan is going to be cast into a bottomless pit. Satan is going to be cast into a bottomless pit. Revelation 22, he sees the dragon. He's talking about, the Bible says in, in Revelation 21, he says, and I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the keys to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he sees the dragon, that old serpent, the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. He cast him into the pit and shuts it up for a thousand years. Now, you, know, you want to catch this picture. Here comes Jesus. Here we come riding white horses. Jesus puts his foot on top of Mount Sinai. It splits in half. I mean, he just takes control of everything. And then an angel comes down from heaven, takes the devil, binds him up, picks him up, and throws him in the pit. Now, I don't know about you. I want you to think about all the times the devil has tried to deceive you, all the times he has brought things and accusations against you, all the times he's tormented your mind about you're not good enough or you can't do this or you'll never overcome, that you'll never be, you'll never de uh, defeat me or, or, or you'll never survive in life. You'll never do anything good. Think about all the times he's tried to hurt you. He's tried to harm your family. He's tried to harm your friends. Think about all the, the times he has tried to destroy you and you're going to be standing there as he is bound in chains and thrown into a pit. You know what I think I'm going to do? I'm going to be right there by the edge. And when that angel, I don't know what the angel's name is because the Bible doesn't say. Angel's going to hold him up and I'm going to say, hey angel, why don't you shake him one time for me? Shake him really good. And then throw him in. Ah, oh, man. Story gets better after this. I mean, this is a great story, isn't it? Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power. The first resurrection is the rapture. You want to be ready for that. For the second resurrection has 
for the second death holds no power, for they will be the priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. After the devil is cast into a bottomless pit, Christ will establish his kingdom on earth. On earth. Reigning out of Jerusalem. Do you know what we're going to be doing? Oh, I know what we're going to be doing, Pastor. We're going to be in heaven playing harps. No, you're not going to be. You're going to be kings and priests for God. We're going to help in the millennium reign, that 1,000 years. You and I are going to be helping Christ rule. Do you realize that the Scripture says that we are going to judge angels? you got to catch this. Man, you say, well, I'm not good. Well, it's because you're still mortal. You're still perishable. You're still rotten on the shelf. I hate to say it that way, but that's what we're doing. Wait until we're imperishable. Wait until we're immortal. Wait until we no longer have this nature of sin. It's been cast off and we have a new mortal body that is righteous and holy. And we judge just as Christ does with righteousness and holiness. That's what we're going to be. That's who we're going to be. And we're going to reign with him a thousand years. And the devil's going to be cast out. Don't you love that? You know what's so sad? This is so sad. You would think that those that survived the Great Tribulation, that those that are they're in this time of peace where the Bible says the lion will lay down with the lamb, and, and he, he's talking about this great time of peace, this thousand years of peace where Christ is reigning the, on the earth, and, and you and I are there, and we're, I don't know exactly what we're going to do, but it's going to be something good. And, and, and we're there, and at the end of this thousand years, the devil's let loose. And do you know what he does? He deceives the nations, and the nations turn against Christ and us. Isn't that amazing? That they will turn against. Uh, and that's where, this, that's where, and at the end of that, when, when they turn against, then, then that's when Christ said, it's it, that's it. And this is what the Scripture says. That, this one comes the great white throne judgment. And this is what Scripture says. And he said, I saw the dead. Notice he doesn't say, I saw the living and the dead. He says, I saw the dead. But keep in mind, all the living, we're, we're already with Christ. We've been reigning with him a thousand years. And now, at this time, he says, I saw the dead. And what that tells me is that there's going to be a point in there at the end of that millennium when the, when the nations turn against God that he's going to say, enough is enough and time will be no more. It will be gone. And he says, and I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to the things were written in the books, according to what they had done. You don't want to stand here. This is not the good place to be. Because can you imagine being judged by what you have done? You say, well, I've lived a decent life. Is it perfect? Because if you want to get into heaven, perfection is required. And the only way that I see in the Word of God to have perfection is to have 
Christ as your Lord and Savior is to have Him pay that penalty for you, that when Christ, when God looks at you, He sees you through the blood of Christ, and you're perfect, and you're clean, and you're not judged by what you've done. You've ju- you're judged by what Christ did for you. At this time, people are going to be judged for what they've done. And everybody, there's no time. Everybody from, from the beginning to the end will stand before God and be judged. And then the scripture says that death and hell are going to be cast into a lake of fire for eternity. But then we have a new heaven and a new earth. This is what the scripture tells us. Peter says in 2 Peter 3, he says, you should look forward to that day and hurry it along. Hurry it along. I love that. It's like waiting to go. Well, you guys don't really have to wait to go to Disney World. But, but many, many, many years ago when I, when I was young and we'd get to go to Disneyland, we had to wait. You know, that's back when you got the e-ticket rides. Uh, and man, you couldn't wait. It's like waiting for Christmas. You couldn't hurry it along fast enough. Say, like, come on, come on, Christmas. You know, how many more days? Four. You know, it's like eternity. And, and Peter's saying, hey, we should have the same desire, the same passion, the same drive. And looking forward to Christ's return, we should hurry it along in our hearts and our minds. Like, come on, Jesus. Come on, I want this to happen. He said, the day when God will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away with, with the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth. He has promised a world where everyone is right with God. Everyone is right with God. Everyone is right with God. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. I love this last line that John puts in there, because you have to remember he's on the Isle of Patmos. They had to bring food out to them because there was no resources, and it was surrounded by the sea. I love that, and he says, and the sea was gone. Wow, That's that's our hope. This is what the scripture says. This is what Jesus says to us. He's writing to the churches in Revelation, but he's talking to us. He said, him who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. When you're in, you're in, and you will not be removed. I will write on him the name of my God and on the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on him my new name. When Jesus told his disciples, he said at the Last Supper, and he said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Christ wanted wanted them to remember that, that he was going to die for their sins and that, that he was going to hang on the cross and he was going to rise again. And, and they needed to understand that everything that, that, that they put their life on, that they focused their life on, was on that cross. It was on, on his great uh, sacrifice for all of us. But I believe it extends beyond that. Because the, 
disciples were taught by Christ. Everything that we have talked about today, Christ talked to them about. It was, it was not just, hey, just remember what I did for you, but remember what I did and why I did it. So you can be set free from sin, so that you can have immortality, so you are not going to be perishable, but you will be imperishable, that you will be part of the family of God, that you will rule and reign with me forever. Hold on to this. Every time you do this, think about this. Thank me for this because this is what you're going to get. So we're here today and, and, and we're still perishable and we're still mortal and we still have thoughts that we probably shouldn't have and we, and we probably say things we shouldn't say and we probably do things we shouldn't do and, and we're so far away from perfection that sometimes it drives us nuts. But that's what this is for. To remind us that we're not going to get there on our own. If you want the immortal and if you want the imperishable, if you want the perfection, if you want the holiness, you want the righteousness, you want to ride that white horse, you want to rule and reign with Christ forever, it comes through the cross. And that's why we remember this. Because that's where we're going. But this is how we get there. 